Welcome to The Heal Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gores, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is what's possible for one is possible for all. On today's episode of the Heal Podcast, I have Caitlin Woolery. Caitlin is a clinical master herbalist and a naturopathic practitioner. I love her resume. She's got so many credentials because I know this conversation is going to get a little woo-woo, but we're she's like grounded in science. And so I'm going to just read off this resume that I think is so fascinating because you've been trained in so much. Um, she became fascinated with alternative forms of healing while achieving her BA at UC Berkeley, which we have in common. In 2009, she started her education as a student at ACTCM, the American College of Traditional Chinese Medicine, learning the Chinese medicine system of energetics. She then graduated from the AADP Certified Natural Healing Institute of Naturopathy, where she studied medical sciences, holistic nutrition, clinical herbalism. She is certified in clinical lab interpretation and diagnostics, as well as an advanced form of applied kinesiology and muscle testing. She currently is studying under Saja Papam at the School of Evolutionary Herbalism, where she is learning to implement vitalist herbalism, herbal alchemy, and medical astrology. She also continues her education at the Matthew Wood Institute of Herbalism. She is a two-year astrological student at the Academy of Astropsychology under the mentor mentorship of Dr. Glenn Perry, and thus incorporates astrological, psychological, spiritual, and metaphysical principles to assist and accelerate the healing process of her clients. She bridges the best of scientific lab diagnostics to the metaphysical realm of spirit and has created a truly holistic approach to establishing the balance and alignment of mind, body, and soul. Right up my alley. Just total woo-woo, but science-based. <laughs> I so appreciate that. Not only did you nail every single the name of every single school and teacher and mentor, but I love that you also appreciate how you said it was so beautiful, grounded in science, and then take the woo from there. I loved that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here. Nice to meet you and all of your audience as well. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you're here primarily because my friend in December, my friend, Laura Adams, shout out, Laura. Um, <laughs> she told me about this parasite cleanse that she did. And right away I was like, oh, I need to do that. And, and usually I'm not like jumping on board or it's been, it's been a minute since I'm jumping on board at any sort of like cleanse or reset, just because I've been moving a month, a hundred million miles an hour and, you know, chasing around a toddler. I just really haven't had time or capacity to do like any sort of intense cleanse. But she told me about the parasite cleanse and I was like, wow, I really feel like I need to do this. And so I finally did it, I think early February and man, was it a game changer. I didn't even know we needed to do parasite cleanses, but, um, you know, and different people, different herbalists offer different, you know, protocols, but I'd love for you to tell us how you came up with your protocol and a little bit about 
you know, what your experience is with parasites and why we should do a cleanse and remove these uh, parasites from our body. Okay. I love the lead in questions. Thank you. So similar to you, honestly, parasite cleansing had not been on my radar in all the schooling. Um, I learned bits and pieces here and there. Um, Steve Schechter, uh, the, the naturopathic school in San Diego, he actually would travel down to South America. And one of his specialties was um, parasite cleansing. So I picked up some stuff from him, but in terms of clinical um, protocols with clients, I have never really had that as a focus. It came onto my radar out of the blue and unexpectedly the last maybe about eight months ago. And I was on a fast, a seven day fast. And I had this bizarre linear left brain type dream. And it was just blasting like parasites, parasites, and the numbers and the herbs and the milligrams came through in the dream. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, Whoa, that was a bizarre dream. And I wrote it down and I, I wasn't even going to do it. I offered, I was like, this must be for my, for my clients and my Facebook group, because I don't, I don't have parasites. I have no digestive issues. I'm really healthy. It's not for me. And I did it anyways. I put it together and I did it anyways. If I'm going to, if I'm going to be assisting and facilitating people doing this cleanse that I dreamed, I have to try it. Like that would be the humble integral thing to do. And within four days, like pinworms, egg sacs, like feet of mucoid plaque were coming out of my intestines. And not only that, but the emotional psycho-spiritual correlate of what purged out of me at that time too, like what came into conscious awareness for, um, to look at, hold, cry through and integrate was alarming. So yeah, same track as you. Eh, I don't need that. What's that for? Well, I'm going to do it. Whoa. I can't believe that just happened. So it's so interesting and we'll get into all the fun details of, um, poop exploration coming up soon, but <laughs> cause you have a full Facebook group that like shares photos and dissects their poop during this journey, which might turn some people off, but you can do this without that part. If that grosses you out. Um, <clears throat> I did kind of like, you know, distance exploration of that <laughs> never got down into the nitty gritty, but the stuff I saw come out was like like really you just you get really kind of excited that that is no longer in your body and you can't believe that these worms and these egg sacs and these like looks like what like tar and mucoid plaque sacs that are you know over two feet long coming out of you it's mind-blowing mm-hmm. um and we'll get into the energetics in a minute but when it was weird i had this knowing that when i was going to embark on this cleanse which is three weeks, but option to go longer, but minimum three weeks. Um, I just had this awareness that doing this internal physical herbal cleanse would actually might remove some parasitic energy from my social sphere as well. I just had this knowing. And as you just mentioned your journey, you, you dealt with some like emotional and psychological kind of purging as well. So tell us like about that correlation with parasites and why that is. I, that is the, the million dollar dollar question. And I have so many, so many ideas about this. So I think the people that answered this question best were the ancient uh, traditional Chinese 
medicine doctors. Uh, they are the greatest alchemists that the world has ever seen, meaning they had this brilliant, they still do, but it's the communistic government has, you know, slowly um, dumbed down its magic. So I say had is in past tense, but it's still brilliant. Um, so they explained this so well in their system of medicine. They understood the metaphysics. So they understood how the body worked and the physical bio biological principles of it. But then they understood that each organ had an emotional, um, mental correspondence to it as well. So if you think about the four layers of self, we have spiritual self, the spiritual body, the mental body, the emotional body, and the physical body. And it's pretty well accepted with holistic practitioners that disease begins and the soul travels through the mind, expresses emotionally. And then finally, we have a physical symptom. So just, I wanted to lay the groundwork there. Now they, they call parasites, candida, low life path form, uh, pathogenic forms, uh, invasion and proliferation of those, the goo syndrome, GU syndrome. And they actually say that there are demonic entities and energetic vibrational matches and correspondences to the parasites in the body. And I can attach an article for people if they'd like to read this. It's really, it's it's woo, but it, it makes sense intuitively and it feels science scientific as well to me. Um, I don't want to demonize parasites all that much though, because we have symbiotic relationship with them. Like we, we are full of pounds of um, bacteria, parasites, different forms of them. Um, we have keystone species and it's actually normal to have things like C. diff, staph, um, um, strep in the gut. It's normal to have parasites in the gut. The reason that they start to proliferate and cause problems is when the human body gets out of balance. So we have, we need the tissues in our digestive system to be the perfect amount of, of um, lubrication. So not too dry, not too damp, not too hot, not too cold, not too relaxed, not too tight. And when we're in homeostasis and living right, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, those tissue states are in homeostasis. Now, if one of those areas of self gets out of balance, it leaves us open for infiltration. And so technically by being out of alignment, I feel like our bodies invite in those parasites to kind of come over and make a home in the host. Yeah. So what is that? Like, what is the benefit? You know, if, if it's in symbiosis, you know, they're in our environment, they're in our gut, but <clears throat> like, what is their benefit then when they're not proliferating and, and infiltrating and causing harm? Such a brilliant question. So if say, let's go with a damp, uh, the damp, dry tissue state, if the cells, so we have cells in uh, all over our body in the digestive system, these cells are going through uh, metabolic processes all the time, respiration. So nutrients are going into cells, um, being turned into ATP energy, and then the waste gets kicked out of the cell in a healthy body. That waste is going through one of the pathways of elimination. So colon, lymphatics, so on and so forth. If the body, if those tissues are too dry or they're too damp and bogged down, then the waste can't move out and through 
And so the parasites come in and they're like, chomp, 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 Pac-Man. And they're eating up that waste. And so it's like, thank you. Like, that's so helpful. My body's struggling to get that out. And here you are and you're chomping away at this waste. So it doesn't cause cancer or tumor, et cetera. They eat heavy metals. Um, they eat uh, viruses. So if someone has Epstein-Barr, the parasites will come in and they'll do the favor of eating up the Epstein-Barr so it doesn't cause damage as quickly. So really the thing is, is not like, these parasites are so bad. The question is what caught, what happened in the first place that allow these parasites to proliferate? So we cleanse the parasites out, but then we get to core of like what was the original problem in the body. Yeah. What are they feeding on? Which these things that we don't want in our body, mm -hmm. right? But we're going to have parasites. So it's, you know, it's, it's just part of the living, you know, microbiome, right? So the, the goal is to not have a proliferation of you know, bad viruses, bad bacteria, heavy metals, you know, things that, that are going to feed the parasites and just be able to have a system where they come in, they do their thing and you, they flow out or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Is there, is there a, is there a good, like, do we want, I guess, like, do we need parasites? Are they always going to be in our system or is it just a matter of like having the right amount and, and not, not letting them multiply? that, that what you said, the latter, like there is, um, I mean, this is such good debate. There's so many people that have wonderful opinions on this and practitioners. There is a study done. Um, these pigs, the farmers have been, uh, deworming the pigs to the point where they had wiped out all the parasites, um, and the, um, uh, microbacterial colonies in the pigs and the pigs were getting so, so sick. And the farmer came and injected a certain species of bacteria, uh, uh, um, um, parasites. I forget the name, uh, spir spiroses, I believe I'll have to come back to you with the exact name, but the second that the pigs had a little bit of a parasitic colony introduced to them, they flourished again. So I look at it as like, we want a target amount to be in symbiosis, we can't annihilate all of them with like really strong anti-parasitic pharma drugs. And we can't have them over proliferated to where they're now starting to eat our nutrients and like moving through our blood and taking over our bodies. So we just like the sweet, like um, what's the Goldilocks medium porridge, medium porridge. Okay. So, and then as I learned about talk about a little bit about um, the parasitic frequency and the energy, because I feel like doing the parasite cleanse, or maybe we should get into that or later and just continue to deal with like the herbs that killed. So let's get into the energetics and like the full woo later, because I did see like some serious shifts in my external life, not in my gut. So the herbs were killing parasites in my gut. And then there was some like ripple effect in my life that was very healing it was wild and a lot of clarity in my brain since then. Um, so physically, you know, do you recommend we do this once a year to maintain a healthy balance of, you know, it's kind of that good bacteria. We need the bad bacteria too. We need the parasites, which are, you know, air quotes bad, but it, it becomes really harmful when um, they're just, there's an overabundance in it and, and miss, you know, dysbiosis, like an imbalance of them. Exactly. And I like once a year is pretty standard. If you look at, um, at different cultures, uh, Filipino, Thailand, South American, Latino cultures, 
they're doing parasite cleansing. They think it's crazy. I've talked to some people from different countries and they're like, Americans don't cleanse parasites. Like we do that once a year. Like, how do you guys not cleanse parasites? And like, I know it was, I'm a practitioner. It wasn't even on my radar. I know I hear you. You're right. Yeah. Um, so once a year feels good and right to me and the body is in uh, generally two state, two states of existence. We have building states, uh, regenerative and then cleansing, breaking down, removing what doesn't serve. So I like the idea of once or twice a year doing a parasite cleanse, a gentle one, um, with herbs and then building the gut after that. So there are certain products in the parasite cleanse that do wipe out a lot of different strains of bacteria, like that berberine, the thorn berberine, that's very strong. That's a very strong antimicrobial. So we are wiping out some of those colonies. There's going to be empty space in the intestinal epithelial tissue. So after we're done parasite, parasite cleansing, that's when you come in with like fulvic acid, herbs, a lot of sauerkraut, raw plain yogurts, and just build, build, build it back up. Then there's no room and space for parasites to come in and latch in or for the bad bacteria to become virulent, keeps the body like really strong. And I feel like that's what it means to be in when people are say like, go back to nature. That's what it means. Like be alignment in alignment with nature. Yeah. It's almost like seasonal cyclical, um, you know, like the winter, like removing the parasites and then planting, you know, the new. Yeah. Yeah, Like a garden, literally like a garden, like we're tilling our internal garden with seeds and planting and growing and then wiping out and burning like farmers burn crops too in different seasons. I love that analogy. I'm going to use that with my clients now. (laughs) So I I've gotten, you know, for many years, like have done colonics and colon hydrotherapy just for kind of that maintenance thing, right. Just kind of a, a flush and hydration and to get back up into those folds and just to clean out the the stuck stuff, the stagnant stuck stuff that's in the the walls. Um, but what I learned was because the the things that were coming out of me in the colonics during the parasite cleanse were things I'd never seen before. And my colon hydrotherapist was like, whoa, like, and she does a whole prep thing. She doesn't just go in there and, you know, do go right into the colonic. She does, she's like a full healer, you know, energetic healer. So she does sound, um, bowls, she's channeling, she has all these like energetic things to prep and clear the, you know, the, the vessel, um, so that it's easier to cleanse, you know? So it's, it's really cool. Multidimensional. But, um, what I learned was you kind of need the herbs to kill the parasites and worms so that, and so that their sacs and their mouths like detach from you because in a normal colonic, they're still attached. So they're not going to be flushed out with the fills mm-hmm. and releases. So ex- like go into that a little bit, why the herbs are so important to kill and flush. Okay. That's so, I love this question. Cause this gets into this talk like grounding in the science and then go into the woo. This is the science part. So there are five or six products in the kit and they have different functions. One, two, three, four, so on and so forth. So parasites make this thing called biofilm and it's they generate as this fibrogenic that's fibrogenous whatever that word is that's fiber like made of a fiber um kind of gooey meshy you have to look at pictures of it to understand what it is but it literally looks like alien goo so they build this thing around them 
And what that does is that the, the immune system can't go in and utilize the white blood cells to break down and attack the parasite. So they defend themselves in a little pocket he makes the human body impotent to get them out. And they also latch in with their teeth. So that in a good, good parasite cleanse, we're not just using kill agents because you might get some, but like you said, you point and your therapy, your colonic hydrotherapist is brilliant to like, to know this because most kids will just have like wormwood and black walnut. And those are very strong antimicrobials, antiparasitics, but they're not breaking down the defenses. So what we have to break down biofilm or proteolytic enzymes. So the enzymes will do that. And the berberine will do that. And that, that starts the enzyme specific when taken on an empty stomach, they'll go in and they'll start to eat away at inflammation and things in the body that don't belong. So um, natto enzyme and serapeptase, natokinase and serapeptase, serapeptase are the main enzymes that will eat up biofilm anywhere in the body, not just around parasites. And then we have, um, Mimosa pudica, which is Cellcore Para 1, and Mimosa pudica paralyzes the parasites. So it puts them to sleep. So they're bound, their little barriers are broken down, and then they get put into a coma. Then the kill agents come in and they can do their work. It makes it really effective. Wow. And so when people, I've kind of mentioned this to someone and a couple of people were like, oh, well, I just got my um, colonoscopy and all those like, you know, pharma agents that clear you out the night before you do your colonoscopy. I was like, I, I, it feels very surface just on the thing. Like they're not going back up where the parasites live and the biofilm, like, does that, you know how like that astringent colon clearing, you know, agents, whatever they give you before the colonoscopy, is that clearing out parasites and biofilm or that doesn't do the trick? It might, but parasites are the master stealth agents. Like they won't even, I've never in every single microbiome lab stool sample that I've run on a client, never once has a parasite come back positive. Like they, they are the masters of maneuvering and hiding and they'll see something going in and they'll, they'll sneak away here. They'll move into the blood. Like they are so tricky to catch. Wow. So I don't, I'll have to, I'll have to, um, to learn exactly what the substances that they're using in that procedure and see what it's doing. But, um, my guess would be probably not. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many places and folds and, and, you know, to hide in the colon walls, mm-hmm. the walls, um, liver, how does that play into it? Cause I know that you liver flukes were something that, you know, again, I didn't do the deep dive dissection. Um, I was interested, but I just didn't really have the time or capacity to like put the poop on the counter, Not uh, <laughs> but apparently your Facebook group does and takes photos. So, to, and they found liver flukes. So t- tell me about the wide range of things that have come out that you've seen people remove through this cleanse and you know, how it affects the liver and our detox pathway. Okay. Really good question. So there are, I think about 10,000 species of liver flukes, and these are parasites that burrow specifically into the liver. Um, I work closely with a lot of microbiologists through one of the um, industry standard gut testing companies, labs, uh, microbiome is their name. And I take consult from them and they're always saying like, you, those Facebook groups, we have a bunch of non-microbiologists trying to diagnose parasites. And I'm like, I know, I know we're just guessing, but like, you know, you can look at pictures on Google and I can ask you guys. And 
She's like, the only way to really know is to send it off to a lab. Absolutely fair. I'll humble myself before that. Um, that said, there are bizarre like corn looking type things. Um, they look like grape skin uh, type things that come out of the liver. And if you do look at pictures online of, you know, scientific examples of those flukes, it's like, it's pretty eerie how close they look. If so, if they're not liver flukes, and it is a fact that that parasites come out of the liver. So that's a thing, whether or not the things being passed are actually liver flukes, nothing's ever been sent to a lab is what I'm saying. But, um, uh, what was it? Oh, if it's not liver flukes, it is very, very possible. Liver stores a lot of fat. So when you get the body cleansing and moving, like my cleanse comes with, um, uh, ways to open the drainage pathways. So people are doing castor oil packs with this parasite cleanse, taking milks, milk thistle seed, opening, opening, opening the liver. And it's very likely that if it's not a liver fluke, there's just fatty deposit in Chinese medicine would be called damp stagnation coming out of the liver. And it looks like big chunks of earwax and very interchangeable with liver flukes. Yeah. It's not fun. I know. I know. But either way, whatever in our, in our non-scientific laboratories of our bathrooms, like yes. stuff that you don't want in you is coming out. Exactly. That's the, at the end of the day, it's that like, if these things are the pictures are, are, are mind blowing. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Like I could send it off to a lab, but maybe I don't need to. And I can just rest assured that that is better out than in and we'll call it a day and like move on. You know? Yeah. So I'm obviously, you know, generally very healthy, um, but I, I felt called to do this parasite cleanse. And as a result, like I, I had nausea one day, um, I think it was day three. Um, I didn't do, I didn't fall, you give this diet that's basically like a whole foods diet, you know, not processed diet. It's not restrictive at all. It's very easy to follow. Um, you do say not to drink coffee or alcohol, I was pretty lenient because again, I'm not healing from anything. I just wanted to like get as much stuff out as possible, but in a non-rigid way at that period of my life. Um, obviously, if you're trying to heal gut issues or other ailments and inflammation, like you'll want to be rigid for that three weeks. Um, but what are some, so as a result, I've, I've been like sleeping better, clarity through the roof, energy so much better. Like I just feel so much better since February, since doing this. Um, and I cannot articulate it enough, but it was like a game changer for me energetically, I think mostly, um, but clarity in my brain just operates better. Um, for someone that has real health issues, what are the benefits? What are the potential, you know, negative side effects that they have to be careful? You know, can anyone is do this? Can they not do it while they're, you know, on a treatment plan for cancer, for instance, like what are some, you know, framework around the parasite cleanse that you, you have to tell people? Oh, I think I appreciate that question more than any other, because, um, while most people that did this are either extremely healthy, like you, like you're glowing and vibrant, obviously that you take phenomenal care of yourself. So those, a lot of people that, you know, on your level did that. Um, and then we have people that are kind of wanting to be better, but not totally bogged down with some chronic illness. And they all did fine. Um, occasionally I had maybe two or three people of all the people that I facilitated this cleanse with, um, a person with chronic limes 
really, really, really ill chronic Lyme's and another person with extreme gut issues. Like, so if you are, if you are tremendously sick, it might not be the best thing to do off the bat. Um, what I learned through this is that the drainage pathways need to be open and moving first. So regular one, two, three bowel movements a day, formed healthy bowel movements, lymph needs to be moving, meaning the person needs to be sweating and active. Um, there needs to be a, a foundation of drainage health pathway, um, opening that happens first. And maybe for some people, um, supporting the health with regenerative, very, very nutritive things for a while for slippery elm herbs, bee pollen, sea moss gel, and building the body's strength so that when then you feel good enough to go into the cleanse, you're not in a major Herx detox reaction because that happens. You're, you're the, the fact that you were only nauseous on day three is a huge testament to your health because I consider myself fairly healthy and I, it laid me out on day nine and 10. I was in bed for two days. It hit me with, um, flu like symptoms. And I've had, I had other people that went real, real deep into a healing crisis with this, and they were pretty healthy, even going into it as well. So no one is a better intuitive guide than you. And, um, the, so I would suggest people Meaning like you, the listener, not me. Yeah. <laughs> You yourself for you. Yeah. yeah. You're probably highly intuitive too. But um yeah, feel it out for yourself. And it the, I am um, this is one thing that is I one of the most fascinating topics of topics of health to me is that I have studied from a lot of doctors who don't believe in germ theory. All the ancient practitioners believed in something called terrain theory. Um, when the AMA medical establishment took over, they switched the model of healing from terrain to germ. So what that means, terrain practitioners mean it is it is not the germ that makes someone sick. It is the terrain or the fish tank, the ecosystem inside. And I was going to tie that into something, but now I lost track of my point. I will bring it back. I promise that I wanted to lay that foundation. It'll come back to me. Um, Cumian, what have we been talking about right before that? Um, <laughs> I lost. Uh, you, you're your own intuitive and Herx and healing crises. Got it. Okay. I'm back. If we consider that germ theory may or may not be valid, there's a lot of people it was never valid in the past. And there's still a lot of practitioners who don't operate on that theory. We would then assume that anytime we get a cold or a flu that is not actually caused by a germ or a bug. But what it is, is a body going into spontaneous detox because herxine and detox that can happen spontaneously or as a result of these cleanses present identically to the flu and the cold. Um, so not nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, um, fever, uh, feeling that general malaise and fatigue. Uh, it, a lot of people have reported, oh, I think I'm getting the flu. Mm, I know your body's just in a detox response. So if that happens on the cleanse, thank you, body. You're so intelligent. I appreciate these symptoms. I know this is you. 
purging and it's uncomfortable right now, but I'm getting ready for a major level up. And so I welcome this knowing there's a fine line. If it gets too severe, you want to pull back the dose a little bit because you don't want to be generating a stress response at the same time. So that's why the Facebook group is there. There's so many people who can share their experiences and like, Hey, it's, it might be too intense for me. I need to pull back a little bit now. Like the, the flu symptoms are a bit much. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so parasites as precursors to cancer and other things, can you explain how that works? Because, you know, for someone to maintain good health to know that like, well, I don't really feel called to do a parasite cleanse. Oh, but if you keep the balance in the gut and remove those offenders, you know, once a year or twice a year, depending on your environment, um, it actually might prevent things like cancer. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's such an interesting topic. There's clinics in Germany right now, and they are like full steam ahead operating under the assumption that cancer is completely related to parasites. So this, uh, I thought about this a lot and the, anytime there's cancer or tumors in the body, we like those sacs, the tumors, masses and holistic theory, herbalism, when anytime there's a growth, a polyp assist, um, um, fibroids, tumors, that is the body doing a, a vital intelligent action to store waste that it can't get rid of. So really the underlying core of cancer is a detox problem and a waste accumulation. And like I was saying in the beginning too, same with parasites, parasites are going to come in when there's accumulation of waste and they're going to be the Pac-Man. So like, is the, are the parasites causal to cancer tumors or are both existing at the same time in order to eat up debris because the person's lifestyle is toxic. I don't know if one is causing the other or if they're just both existing in a state of toxicity. What do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. Like there it's a, you know, proliferation of, of parasites and or tumors is, is a symptom, an indicator that there's too much waste accumulation and it's feeding things like parasites that are chomping it up or the body is encapsulating it in a cyst or a polyp or a tumor or fibroid um, to protect it from the body because it's not good. The pathways are not clear to eliminate and detox. Is that what you're saying? Perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so that makes sense. So what's caused, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? It's, it does seem to me like there's a sort of, uh, toxicity problem and an elimination problem. It's just an imbalance problem, you know? And that's why I love the work of Dr. Nalini Chilkoff because her whole thing is like creating an environment where cancer cannot thrive. So it's full terrain theory. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but that does make sense. And, and if you think of the words cancer and parasite, they both have a similar frequency. Oh, they do. Yes. And the cancer's tumors, they, they, they create their own blood supply and the parasites like, feed, you know, so there is like cancer and parasite feel energetically on the same frequency to me. I don't know if they are, someone can argue. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you mentioned when we talked before that parasites, there is a frequency and this might get a little woo woo for people, but you know, talk to me about what you've learned in energetics about the frequency of parasites and how that is kind of, you know, mirroring in the external world. Okay. If so you can't. Yeah, I, would, I would love this. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so you're uh, in astrology, cosmo cosmic law, we have um, 
process and content. So as within, so without basically the psyche, the consciousness, the psychic health is going to create external conditions consistent with itself. So everything that is around us, our, our environment, our relationships are a reflection of us. And that's like shamanic. If you go down and study with shamanic tribes, they'll say, the great shamans will say every single person is a teacher and a reflection of something you need to learn about yourself. So really the mirror gets needs to get turned on us. So I think that cancer and parasites represent the shadow self. Um, we have waking consciousness, the ego that says, I am this, I am good, I am, I am positive, I am vibrant, I am healthy. And then we have the shadow self, the unconscious ruled by Scorpio, which is everything we don't want to feel but feel and everything we don't want to be but are, and everything we don't want to think but we do think, or traumas and wounds, dark, nasty thoughts, things that have happened to us that have caused us shame, insecurities, vulnerabilities, that all gets tossed into the back, into the dark shadow, unconscious receptacle. Now, to the degree that we are not taking responsibility for those shadow dynamics and have getting the courage to go into that dark with a flashlight and dredge them up and hold them and love them and cry through those shadow aspects of ourselves so that we're integrated into a whole. Like the yin yang, we have the light and the dark side and then God is the circle around it. So we are everything dark in ourselves, but a lot of people are really scared to look at that very scared to look at those things. It takes a lot of courage and it's painful. It's really painful. So the shadow self will come out and sabotage us, or it will generate health conditions. And it's like, Hey, it whispers at first with a symptom. Are you going to pay attention to me? Nope, not today. <laughs> and then tomorrow it yells louder until eventually we like are either on our deathbed and we're going to face demise or we're going to look at all this like monster in the closet. So I think that cancer and parasites are connected to someone's inability to look at something. For me, it was issues with repressed anger. My parasites had a connection to anger, um, which is actually what underneath that, it wasn't just rage that I needed to release. It was actually tears, like a deeper pain that the anger Lilith archetype was protecting me against, which is a deep fear of vulnerability and being hurt and rejected. And I have eating disorder trauma from high school, not being good enough. You know, someone called me fat. And so I starved for a year and puked up all my food. And there's beliefs about my, un my worth or unworthiness attached to that, that were deep into my shadow self. And Oh, you better believe two weeks into that cleanse, that stuff was coming up. And it was like, you look at me now, you look at me now. So wow. what do you think about that? And did you, do you resonate with that and have similar experience with it? I do. I do. I feel like also, you know, parasite, like anchored to the wall of you and just sucking the life out of you. So as you're speaking, I'm like, okay, to the extent that we're not dealing with some of our wounds and our traumas or um, you know, that shadow self, um, the painful stuff that we don't want to look like, or that we've suppressed because it was too painful as a child, or we didn't have the tools to process, like we're stuffing that down. We're stuffing that back. We're in denial. And so it's, it's, but it takes energy to keep those things down, you yes. know, and, yes. and the parasites are just feeding off that energy and also all the heavy metals and the, you know, all the physical stuff, but energetically, I feel like, you know, and also like a tumor, like that's your body is encapsulating. It's, it's like a reflection, um, or a, 
physical manifestation of the stuff that we've stuffed down and are too afraid to look at, or we're just not even aware that it's back there until, like you said, the universe whispers and then taps our shoulder and then screams in our ear and then knocks us over the head with a diagnosis or a symptom, you know? I love, I got full chills, Kelly, when you said that, when you said it, it takes energy to hold it down. It takes a lot of our biological energy to repress things. And a lot of people complain about chronic fatigue and they're tired all the time. They are fighting to hold that energy down. And that is exactly what the parasites are feeding on. The second you sit and make that space, whether it's in like ritual shamanic ceremony, even in the container with higher power, and you're, you're making that safe space to just feel it yourself. Whenever you allow that scary beast to come up, the flip side of that is pure energy, vitality, and liberation. There's so much chi that all of a sudden flows through the system. The chi's unblocked, unstagnated. Yeah. I really appreciate what you said. That was that the graphic that you left me with there was good. Like the energy that's required to repress and like flushing out the mucus, mucoid plaque and the biofilm and all these things that are literally blocking your intestinal wall and your body from getting the nutrients from nature, from life, the vitality that's going to give you life force energy. And you're just building up this like mucoid mucus plaque and, you know, or your the inflammation is so great that, you know, you're having holes in your gut lining and things like toxins are leaking into your blood. Like that delicate balance, you know, is, is it's just, it's like either your self set, like damaging yourself with holes in your wall, or you're blocking the truth off with this like plaque and biofilm that's impenetrable. So it's almost as if, you know, there's so much different shadow work you can do, but this, you know, for what your journey was very specific, like as you started removing these parasites and clearing these walls and bringing everything back online and removing the, the, the blockers and offenders and that frequency and that low vibration, you were able to start to, things can come to the surface. They weren't being blocked anymore and suppressed. They actually had to come up to be healed, revealed to be looked at and then processed and healed. Um, so I love that, you know, just as one more thing we can do in shadow work to reconnect with ourselves and remove the offenders that keep us in the dark about ourselves, if that makes sense. Makes absolute perfect sense. It's so exciting to me to have conversations like this. Yep. And so, and it, it's, I think one thing like people that aren't yet deep into the shadow journey too, is like, it feels so scary. And I think like, if there's, if there's one thing I could have told myself back then, like all the years I spent through my twenties and thirties, like repressing, 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 I would have told myself like, oh my gosh, it's safe. Like, it's not going to be as scary as you think it is. Like, it's okay. As these things come up, like you were talking about, as they come up in the healing crisis, the go-to is like, this is bad. This is wrong. Something's not okay about this. And you want to keep fighting it down, but like, oh, just allow that to come up. Like you're safe to feel it. You're safe to go through it. You deserve and allow yourself to be free of this. And that flip side of it is so liberating. Mm -hmm. It really is. And now we're getting into, you know, and this might be a little like, it's not even woo woo. It's, it's really like psychological and spiritual and emotional, but um, I just see so many parallels in, in what we're talking about, because as, as I was like the parasites too, are sucking the life from you. And when you have a trauma that's suppressed and it creates this 
negative limiting belief, whether it's, not, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not good. Like these are kind of innate in the human experience. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not safe, whatever, you know, we have varying degrees of each of them, but it's just like, you're beating, you're constantly like beating yourself up. And, um, you know, the parasites are kind of like that out picture of that same energy of just like sucking the life force energy of you. If you're constantly beating yourself up, um, because you have all this unprocessed trauma and you've developed these negative disempowering beliefs about yourself, that is just depleting you and, and causing inflammation. And you're, you know, so again, like you said, starts in the soul, in the, or in the spirit, in the mental, in the emotional, and then last is the physical. And that's when you're creating an environment where tumors and parasites show up, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. And that is called being a vibrate. That's what I've, I've, I've come to call being a vibrational match for the parasites yeah. is not having gone through that, that purgative, you're holding on to those limiting beliefs, those, the thoughts programming, the cells, making the cells toxic and, and equal and vibrational match for those parasites. There was a, um, since we're both UC Berkeley people, um, there was a professor there, Leonard Horowitz. You might, you might know him, but Dr. Leonard Horowitz, he kind of got pushed out as a quack, but you know how a lot of the doctors they call quacks are actually onto some genius level stuff. So he did this, um, presentation on the whiteboard and he had the square and there's eight by eight dots, 64 total representing the human genome. And he, he did a frequency of fear, which is all the limiting beliefs, the self-hate, the the shadow stuff, and it barely activates any of the genes. But then when you purge that out and you heal it and exist in the vibration, the thought of love, the feeling of love, you're connected to divinity, your creator. And so that love is flowing through you. The frequency is really high and it's activating the gene codes. The cells are healthy. The genetics are turned on. They're not downregulated, not vibrational match for parasite or tumor. And you are in vitality in alignment with nature. So it serves us, but really the healing, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to our psycho-spiritual emotional health and like how deep we're doing on the inner work. Like I've seen people that I barely give them an herb, but they have a, a shaman they're working with or a, a therapist or a somatic therapist, even better. And they're just going deep into their emotional, spiritual wounds. And they come back and they're like, I'm healed. I don't need any herbs. I don't need to even change my diet. And it's like, wow, that's how powerful it is to switch the vibration. Yeah. What I would say is if you feel called to do a parasite cleanse or, or if you're having gut issues, like, you know, maybe it has nothing to do with the shadow work, but it's like an added benefit. You know, it's like, so we're, you're starting to do something. You're, you're taking an action on the physical level with herbs into the gut. And, um, but what I'll tell you is that it's going to have beautiful, energetic, emotional, spiritual, you know, psychological, um, you know, mental, positive repercussions, you know? Um, and it's just one, it's something that you could do if, again, it's like consult with you who you're going to order the herbs from, and we'll get to where they're going to order them, um, in a second, you know, it's always, especially if you have a health issue that you're dealing with that, you know, a Herx reaction might be debilitating or it might be scary or it might be too much. Um, you definitely want to do this under the guidance of yourself. Um, I was healthy and I was like, oh, I can just feel into my body and it was totally fine. Um, but it's, it's a good, it's just a, it's a step to take to do some personal work, you know, and it's, it's a physical thing over a three week period that you're going to have this beautiful, not only are you going to be like in awe of what comes out of your body and you're like, yeah, 
regardless, like at the very minimum, I'm like without those worms and whatever those sacks are, that feels good. Um, but then like energetically, you know, you're just, you're changing your, your physical terrain so that you have access to more vitality because you're clearing your detox pathways, you're healing your gut wall, which is going to allow your body to absorb more nutrition, but then energetically you're uh, opening the pathway for these suppressed shadow things to come to the surface, to be healed, which then the whole mechanism, you know, the whole brilliant um, vessel of your human body just rises and up levels, as you said, and the vibration raises and, you know, beautiful. It's, it's a, it's a nice step on your healing journey to kind of unlock the next steps of what you need to do. You say it so elegantly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That I, I, I'm glad you thought that was elegant. <laughs> it's such a, you know, I'm it's, I don't often have these conversations, you know, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see how my um, audience responds. Some people will be like, Oh God, you know, these Two women are crazy. And then a lot of people are going to be like ordering the parasite cleanse because it resonates, you know? So I love to have, you know, obviously you and I resonate uh, and and feel the same, feel the same things, you know, on, on that multi-dimensional level. I love it. It's refreshing because it can be, I, you know, I have good tribe around me, but it took many years to build it up and it can be lonely being out on the woo outskirts fringe of society like that. So hi. <laughs> but that's why I love your resume. Cause it's not, you're not just like, Oh, I had a dream after drinking tea and I channeled this, like these herbs. It's like, no, you've been trained in traditional Chinese medicine. You've like, you have a background, you've been trained in lab laboratory, you know, diagnostics and analysis or whatever. So like you have enough basis in science that when we talk about these things that are really hypothesis, but it's like, when you, when you, 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 our instruments are amazing. So if there is resonance and there is intuition and it's, you're having this crazy emotional release as you're removing these parasites, like, I don't know, everything we've talked about has made complete sense to me. I'm so happy about that. And I hope we didn't scare away too many people talking on that. <laughs> <level>. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, for the ones that aren't scared, the intrigue of seeing what comes out of you with these herbs and and how amazing you will feel on the other side and the clarity that comes and perhaps this emotional cleansing that also occurs as well. Um, it's really, really powerful. And I encourage everybody to check out uh, what Caitlin does and, you know, parasite cleanses are one tiny thing. And what you do, can you just give us an overview before I send them to your website of, of kind of other things that you do that you're excited about? Or yeah. that the most popular things that your 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 clients are reaching out to you today um, to help with? Absolutely. So the um, actually my practice has turned largely into um, working with children with autism. Um, so that I'm I'm studying with some of some fantastic doctors who specialize internationally in autism and figuring out what is actually going on as the symptoms underneath what they're calling autism. So that's a big one. I'm going to start making a lot of posts about that and release an ebook probably by the end of the year. Um, my fever breaker product is my best seller right now. Um, and just a quick one minute summary. One of the ways that people have been really um, misled is thinking that a fever is scary. Fever is a vital intelligent response to the body and it serves us so greatly. 
um, uh, to open our pores and move toxins from the deep stores of our body. And in this country, the first inclination is to go take an OTC medication to suppress the fever, especially moms with their kids. And so teaching people that the fever actually is a service to us not to be scared allows us to up level because we have viruses coming out of our body, viruses code our genes. And so we want this whole process to happen where we're warm and detoxing and uh, pores, herbs or diaphoretic opening the pores and stuff's coming out again, going back into the, we don't bog it down. We let it express. Um, so that's a bit, that's been a big topic. Uh, my mole remover, I sent you those pictures. That one's fun. A paste that pulls moles off, um, about 300 clinicals on that one. And skin cancer, you said too. And cancer. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how censored we were, but definitely. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I would, I would love to talk about it that, but yeah, it's uh, cancer, skin cancer. You've had success. You can't claim anything here, but you've had success removing moles and, um, resolving skin cancer, but no claims made here. There you go. There we go. Open the door, but yeah. Um, blood root paste completely, completely a hundred percent of the time so far in 300 people has um, removed the cancer, the warts, the moles. Um, and I guide people through that process. So that's a big one. And then all the holistic labs really is my other specialty. So anywhere where Western drops the ball in testing, there are uh, holistic labs on the peripheral of the medical community that are for holistic practitioners. And they go really deep into actually why something is there. Whereas the Western meds will come back and person's so sick and they're like, but my meds, my labs are normal. Well, they didn't actually test for mold. You know, they didn't do, they didn't test for heavy metals. And so, um, I, Lyme, I've come to specialize in, um, holistic labs where people can't find what, um, answers through Western. The labs do give them a lot of, um, uh, information and blueprint as to where to go. So amazing. Yeah. Right. And just real quick, the fever breaker um, product, because you're not suppressing the fever. Are you like enhancing it so it breaks faster? Like what is your, what's that thesis? Exactly. So it's diaphoresis. Basically what we're doing, um, the body heats up because there is an invader or something needs to get purged out. So heat makes movement, cold is stagnation, heat is movement in the body. So the blood heats up the pores open in a, in a fever. This is the purpose. And that heat moves the offending pathogen or the toxin or the invader, whatever it is out of the pores. Now, if you shut the pores down and turn the heat off, that thing that is in the body, that pathogen, the invader that the body is reacting to try to get rid of gets locked, repressed and trapped. And when that happens, we're looking at it going into the deep organs the joints, and that's going to generate a low grade autoimmune response, trying the body, trying to get that thing out over the long term is going to show up on labs as an ANA autoimmune condition. The original problem is that the fever was repressed and the, the pathogen got trapped. And so the body now has to, over the long run, deal with getting that out. It's a, you can see it in the tongue, especially with kids and Chinese medicine tongue diagnosis. When there's little tiny strawberry seeds on the tongue, that person has um, taken Tylenol and repressed a fever and it trapped the, um, the toxin in the blood. Yeah. My philosophy with my brilliant pediatrician here is he gave me a scale of like the fever levels and like what to do at each scale. And, and so like do nothing or warm bath or like en enhance the body's fever thing. 
obviously the primary concern is the child's comfort. But for the most part, if my child has like a one, one Oh two, one Oh one, one Oh two, even to the like almost one Oh three, she usually is acting normal and still fine. Maybe a little tired, but like I make sure that her head isn't, you know, hurting. And obviously when it's an infant, it's a little harder for her to communicate that. Um, so use your judgment there. I definitely gave more Motrin and Tylenol before I knew this when they were an infant. But now as she's four years old, the last few years, you know, I knowing that the fever is like a really brilliant um, process of the body to detox and, uh, you know, heal and up level and, and everything else um, and move through whatever they're being bogged down with. So when I take my, there's no panic anymore. If you have this understanding when your child has a fever, when yourself has a fever, you just have to figure out the best way to move through the process and support the body in the process, warm baths, you know, lots of fluids to flush as these, you know, the heat and the blood and everything is moving and opening to flush it out and all the things. But I do love that. I think it's such an important reframe that we need to have around this fever conversation and of course, know the scale because there are dangerous levels of fever and you want to get care um, at that level. I don't know what you consider it at, but I think it's like 105 or something. Five would be um, considered high. One of my teachers said 107 even he would take it to just because he trusts the, br the brilliance of the body so much. But I don't think many people would feel comfortable with that. So 105. Um, and speak then to your doctor, we're, we're, we're telling what works for us, but like you have to speak to your doctor and who you trust and find out what that level is. But there definitely are certain, like, I don't give her anything unless she's in discomfort. And then, and then when she's in discomfort, then I can decide what to give her at that level. That's the beautiful thing of meds. If like, if, if the child is needing support, moving through something, you want to give them some relief as her body's working it out. You know what I mean? But like what everybody gets, you know, the, the 100 fever 101, like the snap thing is to give Tylenol or Motrin. And what we're saying is just dive a little deeper, get educated and understand. And hopefully maybe through your education or, or, you know, an integrative or functional medicine doctor that can help educate you on the pro the brilliant process of the fever and what the scale of levels is when you have to treat, when you let it go and when you support it in the actual feverl process. It's, I, I appreciate how much you've done to study and educate yourself on this. It makes my heart so happy because so many moms, like so we have a ways to go. Um, I think I will actually do a course on this and describe it um, to give people just, you know, if they're, if they're leaving with anything right now about this topic, um, the herbs for this are diaphoretics. You want to give them before the fever gets to 105 and higher. And what they'll do is they'll, for about 20 minutes, heat the body. You'll notice it go, the body goes a lot hotter and then breaks. And then the child will be comfortable again. Now there are lemon balm is one lemon balm is diaphoresis diaphoretic. And it will, it's very soothing and calming. So it'll give the child some relief. Yarrow's the queen diaphoretic blood herb. That's going to really mobilize that virus and get the blood flowing. Um, emergency deep. We're talking the fever has gone into the bones. That's bone set herb that will pull a fever. And then um, Dr. Christopher, one of the greatest herbalists this country has ever seen, elderberry elderflower will pull someone out of the 11th hour of a fever, like teetering back and forth, but in between the worlds, you know, um, time and time again, never failed him elderberry syrup and elderflower tincture. 
So um, there are, but nature has provided us the ways to handle that. Um, and then also just last thing would be the mental reframe around it too. Like, I know it's hard to see the child suffer, but like download the, the this um, thought process into the kid of like, thank you body. I know you're suffering and this looks very uncomfortable, but you are going to feel so good after this. Thank you. Like that's so exciting for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Educate. I try to teach her, you know, teach the, explain what the fever process is. And, you know, she's again, like, I don't have an MD after my name. I'm not here to provide medical advice. I'm sharing what I do and with my knowledge and what, you know, the work that you do, that's is, this is your knowledge. Um, you know, it, I try to just explain to her how, like what a cold is and, and when, like when the bad bugs are overtaking the good bugs. And if we, you know, you have a cold and a cough, like I don't want sugar is going to feed the bad bugs and make it worse, you know, like, so we want to not have sugar rather than just saying no sugar, you have cold, like just try to educate her. And then all of a sudden she's, you know, someone's trying to hand her a cookie and she's just like, no, I can't have sugar right now. Cause I don't want to feed the bad bugs. Like, so same with a fever, you know, she's just like, no, I'm fine. It's like, so don't, most people have the snap and it's to no fault of there. This is how we've been conditioned. Like our kid has a fever and we immediately go into anxiety and like panic and then give them medicine to suppress. That's just the knee jerk reaction of what we've been conditioned with for the last, you know, 60 years. And, um, to then to start to get educated on what it is and the brilliance of this process and then educate your child too. And just like, oh, this is what's happening. Okay. So we just need to rest. Let's get in the bath. Let's help move it along. Let's drink lots of fluids and monitor, you know? Um, and of course, like if we're in the 103, like I'm going to reach out to my doctor, make sure I'm doing everything right. But up to, you know, 103, I'm like not panicking. I'm just like, this is, this is the body's process and I'm walking through it. And are you comfortable? Are you in pain? Okay. You're in pain. Let's give you a little time, whatever it is, you know, or Genexa, like the cleanest version we can find. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's deeper processes that other people do, but I'm just saying you nailed it. Nature has provided us the answers. Our bodies are so brilliant and intelligent. And these processes are not to be just, you know, blindly shut down. You know, we, we live in this convenient society where things, um, convenience foods and things we're doing out of convenience are harming our health. And we, we have to learn to live in moments of discomfort. We have to learn to face the pain, breathe, process, reflect, ask what it's trying to show us. And, and we've been conditioned to just go for convenience, shut things down. And all of this, this is why our society is so sick. For me, I think it's important that we get back to um, allowing nature's processes to unfold. You know, winter is cold. So trees without leaves. It's not the prettiest picture. There's a lot of discomfort in cycles. A fever can be uncomfortable, but it's just nature's way of destruction and regeneration, detoxing. Um, you know, pain is feedback. We rather than suppress it, resist it, sit with it, breathe into it, reflect on it. What is it feeding back to us? What is it trying to tell us? You know, so rather than barreling through and shutting it down and continuing on with our convenient little lives that are making us incredibly sick. It is so true. It is what you just said is, is literally the end all be all Holy grail of what is wrong. And I think where, where we are really, really mistaken is trying to that convenience and that bypassing of the nature cycles. We think for a minute that we're outsmarting and winning the game, 
but we're not those natural cycles that we're overriding this ego of man. That's going to superimpose this artificial reality based on the convenience and, um, and ease nature is going to catch up. It's like, it's still brewing in the background, building its own momentum. And then when it does catch up, that force of which it's going to catch up with is going to be real. That that's all the pain that has been avoided or scapegoated is going to come back. It's the, the, um, there's a hermetic invoice comes eventually invoice comes. Yeah. That is a hermetic principle. Like you, it just is like, how hard do you want that thing to swing back at, at us? And I think collectively we're in for a pretty hard swing if we don't correct course a little bit here. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming. Will you tell people um, where, so I've sent some people to get your cleanse and order the parasite cleanse on your site, but then I've always emailed them. Do you email them the instructions once someone takes an order, places an order? Yeah. In fact, I actually have um, turned it all into an ebook. So it'll be the uh, a download on the on the information behind parasites in one chapter. And then another part of the ebook course is the protocol. And then I have all the information um, expounded upon for drainage pathways and how to take care of those. A lot more information in the healing foods list. So that whole ebook will be sent out with the kit too. So it comes with tons of information. Awesome. And is there a code for my listeners? Okay. Code heal. So tell us where to go to get the parasite cleanse and find out more about what you offer. Okay, so my website is veritasbotanicals.com. Um, Veritas as in truth, V-E-R-I-T-A-S, botanicals, B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-L-S. It'll and- be in the show notes too. Yeah, of course. Yep. The what? It'll be in the show notes as well. Oh, good. Okay. In case I spelled my own name wrong. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the, that'll be the first thing that pops up when you go to the website is the ebook and you can just enter your information. The ebook will get sent out and then directions, QR codes, um, to connect you right into the Facebook group, to connect you right into the, um, uh, to the kit itself. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming and, and sharing your breadth of knowledge and, um, yeah, good luck with everything. Thank you for having me. So good to be here. What an honor. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. Oh, and make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And if you feel inspired, we would love you to rate and review us so that we have the opportunity to reach more people. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram for some behind the scenes fun and more inspiration at at Heal Documentary and at Kelly Gore. Thank you so much and be well.